0: How do you honor God? By doing everything to the glory of God. Not just not sinning, not just, okay, you don't steal from people, but by making
1: good shoes. If we're going to talk about you were a new creation, that means everything has to change.
0: Why does God not just you know bring people to heaven immediately after being saved is because there's stuff to do here. There's a point to all of this. And if we're Christians, we do it better, or at least in theory.
2: But if we really apply the standard that's set in scripture, then we know that no one is good because no one is God.
0: We serve a storyteller. We serve a a God who has a perfect plan, a sovereign will for every moment of history.
1: It's not about going into the world to make artists. It's about going into the world to make disciples.
0: This is The Christian Artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb.
1: Really? My name is Connor.
2: My name is Carly.
0: <laughs> we are here once more with another episode of the Christian Artist, and uh, it feels like things are getting back to normal. Um, we got, uh, I think, just in general, right? Not only just with his podcast, but like beyond that, it feels like things are settling into a comfortable routine, and uh, life is good.
2: Meanwhile, I have finals in two weeks. And I'm dying. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't need to talk
0: about that. Meanwhile. <laughs> Take off now. I'm doing great. I don't know about.
1: <laughs> You'll I do fine. I just found
2: out today that a paper I didn't think was due for another two weeks is due a week from today. So that's funny. Ooh.
1: Yep.
0: So we're here with the Christian artist and we're talking about things and stuff and stuff and things. What are we talking about, Connor? <laughs>
1: Classic, Caleb, pushing pushing off the the topic introduction to somebody else.
0: Exactly, it felt um, like it was a uh, time for to go back to the the gold standard.
1: Well, uh, we both or all three of us are attending new churches, and so we are going to talk about um, the experiences we've had with our our new church.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not you made it sound like we're all each of us, each of us are attending a different church.
1: Um, right that's what it, yeah
0: but yeah yep. it's fine it's very good uh i mean who, who who wants to go first i guess do we want to just like briefly i don't know where we want to start with this what do you think
1: classic caleb putting off decisions to anybody else <laughs> no um yeah i think we should give uh just a little bit of like introduction for both of us and mm-hmm. then um talk about it from there but uh, i uh, totally random question i meant to ask you beforehand is this toby sumter yep. going to your guys church?
2: Mm-hmm. He's so, one of the pastors of the Logos um, location, so there's two different, like, branches of it. We go to the downtown it's, one. It's
0: basically the same church, but there's just two yeah. different locations where they meet, basically. It's, like,
2: the same elders over all of it, so technically he's, like, an elder over... Oh, okay.
1: So what is the elders. Yes. Oh, I thought they were different elders.
0: No, it's the same elders, but I think, like, m- mostly there are some elders that, like... F- like are usually over at yeah. the downtown and other elders that are usually over at the, the they field just have house, a lot of elders. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a lot of elders. Um, and they all, I, I know they all meet to like together and like make decisions together and all that stuff though. Um,
2: uh, yeah, he we, says move we, the met, plant, we met Toby Sumpter when we went no. to the field house location and he apparently recognized our names from Twitter. So that was,
1: okay. all right. that was, that was that then. Okay. I, uh, um, uh, Megan just sent me, uh, um, uh, YouTube video of, uh, Toby Sumter and CrossPolitik, um, Gabe and Knox, um, yeah. you know, as, as Cross um, their interview with, uh, uh, John or James, I think it was John Lehman. Yeah. hmm Uh, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah. Remind, give me some context on that because the name doesn't sound familiar.
0: It's about like law and government and stuff. Yeah. So,
1: so obviously cross politics is unapologetically theonymous and uh, they were talking about just like random stuff at the beginning of the section. And then for the middle section, they interviewed uh, John Lehman, who is from the uh, Nine Marks for the Nine Marks organization with Mark Dever. Right. Yeah. Um, He's one of the elders at Mark Dever's church. And, uh, they basically were talking about, um, like, is it, is it just for, because, because, uh, Toby Sumter and John Lehman had some, um, like back and forth about, mm-hmm. uh, COVID and whether or not churches should shut down right? those types of things. So, uh, John Lehman and, um, like they, so they had John Lehman on to talk about that since he had some back and forth and wanted to like pick his brain on stuff. And uh, it was very interesting. Um, but uh, for the most part, John Lehman was just like, you know, these are things I haven't really thought about before. And in uh, the third section, after they had, after he was off the air, Knox was like, a, "A guy, the guy has written two books on politics, on Christian politics, and he's never thought about the question of whether or not a, a, a woman who commits an, a, an abortion murders their baby should be should have capital punishment. You've never thought about that?" He was like, "That's." that doesn't seem right. Um, yeah. and uh, so a lot of it was just like John Lehman basically saying, um, and I think, I think I shared it on, on Facebook. Maybe I didn't though. I think I did. Um, but, uh, basically John Lennon was just saying like John Lennon, John Lennon. Yeah. John, <laughs> John, John Lennon, John Lehman was basically just saying like, um, you know, you guys take scripture and say whatever is law in the Bible is is how we should follow, you know, our laws and how we should run our churches and stuff like that. And you basically said, uh, I think there's there's you know, freedom and grace to just say, well, the Bible doesn't really explicitly talk about this. We just need to use wisdom. And they were like, well, where does wisdom come from? Yeah, the Bible. Exactly. And and it was just kind of like very opposing worldviews. And yeah. I, I thought it was very interesting because again, it just comes down to the same exact thing over and over yep. again. Yep. Is, well it's, it's a what
0: is your standard yeah. yeah
1: well my standard is outside wisdom well, what do you mean wisdom where is that yep. where does that come from
0: the big the begin uh, fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom
1: yeah that's what that's what right. they said yep. <laughs> <laughs> they said that
0: <laughs> of course because yeah of so course you gotta go there
1: so it was super interesting I, re, I really enjoyed it um
0: yeah i've heard about it. i haven't listened to it yet i i honestly don't listen to like podcasts anymore unless it's from work uh, okay yeah that's fair
1: that's all that's, that's my, that's my job now yep so yeah, so obviously you know, you know both of you moved to Moscow, Idaho. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. so Caleb and Carly, tell us a little about uh your your trip to uh the cult we Moscow. Joined? What's up?
0: <laughs> tell us about we should tell you about the cult we joined.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, tell mm-hmm. us about the cult, cult cult you joined first. The, yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the cult. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what, what 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 actual question were you asking specifically? Just like we moved to moscow so what's it like what it's like okay yeah um yeah i mean yeah we carly's going to nsa uh, as a freshman and if you've listened to the podcast you probably know that um but uh, so uh, we both moved to moscow i'm rooming with uh, thomas carpenter uh, another twitter person that uh, another podcasting
2: person as well
0: it's true he has a podcast we had him on, the we had him on. yeah exactly uh so that is the the kind of reason we came um was uh carly going to nsa and stuff and i ended up getting a job with canon press um which was right up my alley doing audio stuff and so yeah we were going around looking for churches and we we originally went to a reformed baptist church in lewiston which is like 30 minutes south uh, we really i really liked it um yeah we really liked it but uh we ended up deciding to just for multiple reasons that i'm sure we'll get into on the pot on this podcast uh, we just, just ended up deciding to go to Christchurch, um, in Moscow. So uh, the church that's associated with NSA and mm-hmm. uh, Canada Press, um, the the Wilson clan and whatnot across uh, politic people, all that jazz, all interconnected. But uh, So it's a CREC church, which is uh, – I always forget what the acronym stands for. Do you remember, Carly?
2: I'll look it up.
0: Uh, I was just going to look it up, too. Let's see. We'll beat you to it. Tar- communion of Tar- Reform. Tara
2: just brought me a mask. <laughs> I will not put Remember it on.
1: Remember to wear your mask. No,
2: not even in Walmart. I will not.
1: <laughs> they get in, They get into that at uh, on cross politic as well. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Like at, at the beginning, they're um, they just flat out were like, "Yeah, masks don't help." Yeah. And I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry, very random. Uh but yeah, it's so the
0: Tara's CREC. Fault. Tara got us on the rabbit <laughs> yeah. trail. It's true. Well, she is a dog. Um, uh, so CRC the CREC is the communion of reformed evangelical churches, so it's a Presbyterian denomination. Um, but uh it's it's interesting because most of the churches that I know of in the CREC basically accept most confessions from the Reformed larger reformed community um right so you'll you'll see uh, mostly Presbyterians but there's definitely a lot of reformed Baptists yes. uh, in Christchurch specifically and in other uh, you can be credo
2: and still go to yeah.
0: mm-hmm. um and they're they're down with that so um but uh yeah so we, we've been going to that church uh it's much more liturgical than we're used mm-hmm. to um coming from non-denominational backgrounds. Uh, but that was kind of uh, the idea anyway. Um, so yeah, they have an order of service that yeah. is usually exactly the same. Um, obviously we do different, different things at each part, but like it's the same category of thing that yeah. we do, right? We do, you know, uh, certain times we sing, certain times we do can like confession and prayer and various things. Always we'll
2: like do that. communion at the end.
0: Communion at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, re- we have really enjoyed it so far. Uh, we go to the downtown service um downtown location and you guys uh, do the thing
1: of the open confession like uh like confess your sins before the congregation kind of a thing like a like a so prayer not, time I, of think confession? I, I think
0: i think i talked to you about this what we do is basically there's a time of corporate confession where the elder or um pat like associate basically the Elder or pastor, or whatever. Sometimes they have like just men from the congregation who are yeah. either like training to be pastors or, um, are just you know, whatever, um, lead these times. But it's it's usually an elder from what I know. And it's, um, maybe it's just the prayer time they do people who aren't elders. I think that might be it. I know yeah. that there was like a, a, something of the in the liturgy where they had just men from the congregation. Yeah, I'm They're pretty not
2: sure it's always elders. an elder that does the confession. That's part. a
0: confession. Yeah, that makes sense um but so we
2: have there's a exhortation and then we sing a psalm and then do confession of sin um which is congregational confession first which is where they're basically like this is something that you know we all should probably confess and um repent of and so they pray um at that time and then um and then congregation is invited to kneel if able and we have like personal confession of sin um,
0: uh, and that's just privately like in, yeah you know uh, it's
2: just silent
0: silently um and then we we so we do that and then we rise for the for the assurance of forgiveness of sins right so yeah. the, the elder then says they read a the verse or something and says you know you know you're assured forgiveness in christ because if you're in christ you know you, you, your sins have been forgiven uh and you can be assured of that because you've repented and so on and so forth um uh but yeah so stuff like that um regular things like that the same sort of uh, thing every time um and it's 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 cool how quickly i've gotten used to it um and and enjoyed it so um but anyway i'm sure we'll get into more details as we continue the episode but yeah so more liturgical we do hymns and psalms um no contemporary music um
2: never want to go back
0: <laughs> but 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 well i mean i say don't know contemporary music but honestly a lot of the arrangements are made by people from the congregation
2: yeah there's like a lot of there's a lot or, Dr. or whatever psalms um and this this is something i will plug wholeheartedly um is david herbs um uh, Contica Sanctorum which is on Spotify it's like an album of all of these psalms that he arranged um they're word for word to scripture in the King James version um and the music is fantastic um I'm having to memorize a bunch of them for <laughs> school um and so there's some we haven't saying that many in church but um I know that some of his stuff is in the Cantus Christi, which is the like hymnal psalter that we sing out of.
0: But yeah, so we have stuff like that, right? Where it's not like necessarily a, a really old psalm or hymn or whatever, but there's various arrangements that are, yeah have been made recently. Um, but it's all based on psalms and hymns and stuff. Um, but then we also take actual communion. Um, we, we use wine and actual bread. <laughs>
2: so actual the first, first time I had yeah. wine was <laughs> when we went to Christchurch for the first time.
0: I feel like I had wine once when I was younger at some point, but
2: um,
1: probably isn't that illegal?
0: No, yeah. no, not for religious reasons. No, it's not. Um, but there's also, of course, um, in the back they have like a they have grape juice and um.
2: Gluten free <laughs>
0: stuff for mm-hmm. um for people who for either for conscience' sake or um or yeah who are gluten free.
1: Gluten free for Mickey, not the grape juice for Mickey. Just, I just, know, just yeah. clarifying. But, Mickey but they crack have the Catholic. She knows about specific- the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, the, the gluten free crackers are in the back are specifically for Mickey. I'm sure
2: they have <laughs> They're
1: just waiting for her to show back. up.
0: Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. no one's touched them. They've just been like honestly, I wouldn't eat them at this point. Like they've been sitting there for a while. Yeah,
1: twenty twenty one years. Anyway, yeah. So keep going,
0: <laughs> Mickey said. I've been sipping the wine since second grade, <laughs> and then a sunglasses emoji.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, what else ab- about uh, Christchurch?
2: Well, one of the things I specifically wanted to talk about. Is just our whole process and actually deciding to go to Christchurch, um, Right. Because I initially before we moved to Moscow was like, oh, I, you know, I would really prefer to not go to Christchurch because they're Presbyterian. And even though I know I would agree with like everything else that they do, probably um, I would still rather go to a Baptist church. Um, Terry keeps trying to bring me this twice. Stop it. Um, <laughs> um but then I and and part, part of that for me was like, oh, I don't I feel weird about having no variation in like the kinds of people that I see on a day to day basis, because I would be seeing the people that I go to school with and the people that I just see in the community at church. Um, and for some reason that weirded me out, probably because I've just never experienced that before. Because I was always like the one person that went to my school that also went to my church. Um,
1: what what weirded you out? Going the to idea the same... of like
2: yeah, going to the same church as like other people that I saw in the community all the time. Oh, because I've never uh, yeah. been used to that. Yeah. Um, and and so I kind of realized that like oh, that's not a bad thing. I don't know why I'm like weirded out by that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we decided to go to Christchurch. Also, it was just very convenient because I live like literally a block away from Christchurch downtown. so um,
1: yeah,
2: it's very convenient to walk. So,
1: so you're saying you go to church out of convenience. No <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's just one of the perks of the location. Yes, yeah, Mary. I also have I'm many just I'm just many I'm, I'm just making sure you clarify the, building, for the audience so. you
1: know. Yes. Yeah. The audience uh, could be very confused, you know, just making sure they don't assume anything.
0: Another thing about Christchurch is there are so many kids. Yes. Ridiculous amount of children and I feel like
2: there's there's very noise. few moments in the service where there are no baby noises. Yep. And it's great.
0: It's just a constant presence and you just tune it out.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> is not
0: that so annoying and distracting.
2: Mm-hmm. not really it's adorable actually
0: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh one thing one thing that Christchurch does though uh that's even like more extreme than normal presbyterians do is they also do paedo communion um so they have the kids take communion too um the babies i mean as i, I don't actually I don't know, know. <laughs> probably not but like you should you
1: should just walk, pick a family like across across from the pews <laughs> The uh, next sunday and just watch yeah. them just be like i think they just but they it, it makes a lot of sense baby.
0: it makes a lot of sense if you if you legitimately believe that you know uh children shouldn't be kept from the sacrament of baptism then why no. would you keep them away from the table right that doesn't make any sense um
1: well what's dangerous there is you drink condemnation on yourself if you haven't repented. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, but no I totally yeah. I ag- I totally agree, obviously. Um but it makes sense in the framework that they're going from yeah. why they would do right. that. Um yeah. Because basically they they they're saying like both baptism and communion are means by which God will save someone, you know, through them, right? So, so through the regular taking of communion, it's like a, a one of the means of grace sort of a thing, right? Um that will you know by being in the culture of the church you know a kid will grow up and then be saved Um, not because that is how they are saved but a, you know a means by which god draws them to salvation which is only by faith in christ and repentance of sin and and they they, they say that and and make that very yeah. clear so it's not like they're saying yeah when you get baptized you are now saved um but yeah, uh, but yeah it's interesting it's different um we agree with pretty much everything the church believes, except for the pedo stuff. Yeah. Um, the pedo so. stuff. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else about, like, in general about Christchurch. Um. um Like obviously we can dig into further things, but then might as well just, I guess, pass it to Connor then and and give us a general overview of your guys' new church situation. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so I, I guess we kind of, we, we failed to, this is how we usually do things, but we failed to give kind of like a, um, kind of more of an introduction to, you know, why we're talking about this. We just kind of right. say what we're talking about and just jump into it. But yeah, yep. no, we we both, uh, you know, um, I should say Caleb and I grew up in the same church for our entire lives and uh,
0: Pretty much literally your entire life. I, yeah, I, from, from I started going there at three, but
1: yeah, from the womb. So uh, this is kind of a, it's just kind of a big, a big change for us. Um, and uh, um, uh, Mickey and I started going to uh, Ripper Hills church in Janesville. Um, I want to say around February. Yeah. But I couldn't say for sure. So it was right before COVID hit which uh, made uh, going to a new church very interesting yeah that was fun <laughs> but uh but yeah it's, it's been it's been really good and um uh mickey's got some homework she needs to finish up tonight otherwise uh i'd assume she'd she'd be on here as well but mm-hmm. um it's been it's uh yes been...
0: homework as she chats in the
1: <laughs> yeah Yep. Yeah. uh so it's been it's been very interesting though um it's been very different very very different in a good way and um for uh, for uh, just kind of a general overview, uh, it's the also the church that our uh, grandparents attended and invited us to back in the day, yeah. so Caleb was aware of it as well. And um, oh yeah, so, that's the
0: original reason we went there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and um, uh, we so we knew the pastor uh, going into it as well, so that that helped. And uh, that pastor actually did our uh, premarital counseling as well. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, uh it was it's a uh evangelical free church of america i think is the fca yeah. i think it's yeah. the uh denomination uh, and they're baptist so we got we got that on you guys um but uh, they're they're not post-millennial or theonomist or those types of things but um yeah. See, uh, the, i think
0: we have more of the boxes checked so
1: oh yeah there you go um um the community is so good Um, just the, the amount of people that, you know, are Christians and are talking and the young adults that are like actually concerned about theology because Mm -hmm. they grew up in, in families and in a church that cared about theology. And so they're, you know, they, the importance of theology has been bred into them and, um, we have been able to do a lot of different things just with the uh, community after church and stuff like that. Uh, Megan and Matt do like a picnic and uh, we've gotten to have lots of like conversations with people. And in terms of the post and the uh, theonomous things, like we've had those types of conversations. Uh, we had like a two hour conversation about post-millennial eschatology um, one day after the picnic, just, just mm-hmm. a bunch of young adults uh, and uh, uh, like, Mickey and I and Hannah and, um, uh, AJ and, uh, Zach viral. And we were all just talking about, uh, you know, theology and stuff like that and talking and and just talking their ears off about post-millennial eschatology. And they were like, well, what about this? And we were like, that's a great question. And, and it was, it was really cool. And just the the community is, is fantastic. Um, in terms of just having, um, adults that like, we know, we can trust. And yeah. that, uh, you know, you come to them with questions or concerns and stuff like that. And they're going to give you a biblical answer. You know, well, the Bible says this, and this is, this is what's true. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then the, like, just a, a, culture of even the young adults or the children that are, um, concerned about theology and want to know the truth and, and want to study and, and those types of things. So it's been really fun. It's been really interesting. Um, it's been it's been a very difficult process because of uh, um, COVID happened right after uh, we we got there and then um, Pastor Aaron actually left the church shortly after COVID had kind of like after after they had like a reopened church um, for, after they like felt like mm-hmm. they were comfortable doing so and we've been meeting outside ever since which is a lot of fun. We really enjoy meeting outside. Uh, hmm. We all joke that if winter didn't exist, we would just want to do that every day, every yeah. time. Cause uh, it's just one service then as well. Everybody's mm-hmm. there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been really nice. But uh, so we've had a very difficult, like first few encounters with the church, um, but it's been, it's been really solid. Um, exegetical preaching, um, those types of things. Uh, yeah. the, the pastor left and the church didn't collapse. Elders are, uh, you know, all yeah, co-equal true. elders, and um, there's a little bit of a, a difference from where we're coming from of uh, how we would see pastors and elders as the same thing. And I think yeah. they kind of have a little bit of room for, even though there's co-equal pastor, uh, co-equal eldership, and the pastor is just one elder who is an equal elder as everybody else, equal say, equal authority. But they would see, you know, the pastor as the teaching pastor. You know, like right. other pastors is mm-hmm. like this is their role, this is their thing. Um, which which we don't see it that way. Um, yeah. but it is it a, seems like the
0: requirements for elder pastors is the same. Yes. There is no other role. Yeah. Um they have to you know they should be able to teach and do these other things. Right. Yeah.
1: Um so so lots of good stuff. Lots of really solid stuff. Um Calvinist through and through, soteriology <laughs> <is> solid. <laughs> nice. Um you know, uh, I wouldn't say, I, I, I think I would say more than the majority of the congregation would call themselves reformed. Um, yeah. And I'm sure there are some differences there. And maybe some, maybe some people wouldn't say, well, I'm not necessarily reformed, but, you know, they all have reformed leanings and they're all Calvinists yeah. and those types of things. Um, mm-hmm. I remember uh, Pastor Aaron with one of his uh, sermons before he left, he was, he was reading through a passage and he got to the end and he kind of was running out of time. And he was like, it, it said something about like, uh, you know, God will, uh, uh, God has created people for the sole purpose of hell. I don't remember exactly what the, what the passage was, but it was something to do with like the verse in Proverbs 16 of, you know, God has made everyone for the day of, uh, or maybe it's not Proverbs 16, but it's one of the Proverbs, uh, God has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of judgment. It was some verse along those lines, and Pastor Sounds Aaron was like running out of time, psalms. so he got, what's that?
2: Sounds more like Psalms, maybe?
1: It, possibly a Psalm, possibly a Proverbs, I'm not sure. Um, but you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. The, the verse that says that. So it's something in the New mm-hmm. Testament that references that or something like that. I just remember him kind of finishing up a sermon, and he, he was running out of time, so he was like, right, I wanted to get into this this part of you know the passage, but I just want to tell you as kind of a preface for your further study, like, it means what it says <laughs> like like it means what you think it means It it means what it says and i was just like all right yeah that's that's really good um and obviously you know we're going to church with um angel nashley as well and so we mm-hmm. could have that continued camaraderie and Jer- and Jericho. host
0: of disagree with me
1: and zach and yeah <laughs> angel <host of> <laughs> um, and then um megan as well and we've been actually just this past week um, we're able to get one of the other congregants out, um, to the abortion clinic with us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think, I think a couple actually of different, uh, congregants. So we're, we're, uh, doing a lot more in, in, with the abortion clinic now too, um, which was really cool and refreshing to, to be able to do and, and to be a part of that as like, we're this church. Yeah. I mean, so it was, it was really fun. Um, and, uh, the guy who came out with us Um, he looks exactly, and I mean, looks exactly, kind of talks exactly like, um, um, uh, from Apologia, uh, uh, Luke, Luke Pearson,
0: Luke the bear. Yeah.
1: Like (laughs) quite literally like spitting image and, (laughs) and like voice kind of sounds like him as well like the way he talks. And I was just kind of (laughs) like, I was like, are you sure you're new to this? Like you wouldn't do this for years, man. Uh, But it was, it's been really cool. Um, just kind of. Kind of, kind of bring, bring kind of our, I would say, extra reformed, you know, background in theology and and all these, you know, different things that we're dealing with as a group, um, and just kind of bring that to the table and, and to see the reaction has been really interesting, um, and uh, very admirable. So, yeah, a uh, big yeah. emphasis on um, children in in the church service. Big emphasis on, um, you know the the parent is the primary um teacher of their children. They're responsible for that. You know, they're they're against youth group <laughs> in the Thank sense you. that uh, you know, the parents are not involved in in the children's uh like Activities. teaching or uh you know, we'll, we'll send you over there and, and they're responsible for your learning. Like the parents are involved with their children and, and know what their children are being taught mm-hmm. and those types of things. So it's been very cool, um, and 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 everything's kind of been handled in the way of like, even though I disagree, I can respect that they're they're being biblically wise, even mm-hmm. if even if they're like not seeing the same things um, that I would see, and I would say, you know, it's very obvious that it means this. You know what I mean? But they're still using scripture as their source yeah. of reasoning for everything, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's been it, that more than anything is the most encouraging thing for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, just yesterday, uh, Mickey and I and uh, a few uh, of um, uh, uh, a few other people uh, went to um, one of the a family from the church, and uh, the dad used to be an elder and just like finished his term, kind of a thing. Mm. um they have it where uh you're elected for like a three three-year terms for elders but if you mm. have two consecutive three-year elder terms you have to take at least a year off before you're able mm. to be re-elected as an elder and i thought that was really cool because that's because that's the because the seventh year would be the sabbath kind of a thing so right. you're, you're thing from yeah. an elder position and they're congregational okay. governmental uh, government so it's not like you're the elder and you're permanent until you die it's <laughs> it's uh you know Transference of elders so that the congregation, you know, uh, is not just being ordered around mm-hmm. in that kind of a sense, sure. which I think is how they um, are ordering that. But so we went to their house and and their kids were amazing and so well behaved. This is the family I was talking to you guys yep. off air before we started, but um, just such an emphasis on like parenting with the gospel and parenting with this is why this is wrong. And um, just such a great, well-behaved family, and like um, well-behaved kids, I should say. Um, I mean, the parents are well-behaved too, but not in the same sense. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to have a conversation with them and 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 talk about, you know, our experience with Reformed theology and testimonies and mm-hmm. and those types of things and why we believe the way we believe and and dealing with issues and stuff like that. And it was it was a lot of fun. It's really good, really good stuff. And. Uh, like I would say, if if uh, if Mickey and I were to pick and choose the different things that we would not want in a church, uh, like River Hills would end up not being the church we would ever be ultimately go to. Um, mm-hmm. But it's church in our area that we know of that is that has a community that is godly mm-hmm. and is seeking out the truth and is. Um, like not afraid to deal with issues because it's in the Bible. And so it's been, it's been awesome.
0: Cool. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. I mean, where do we want to go from there?
1: Well, I, I thought that was it.
0: <laughs> I figured I I, I this would be a shorter be. episode
1: because, because you know, we're just talking about our, our experience and, um,
0: yeah I mean there was some stuff that we didn't really get into I guess for Carly and I that we just I, I kind of glossed over as we were kind of going through a general overview one thing, so I guess there's a few one things thing I, I know that we specifically thought
2: yeah. of um, was that um, I'm really happy about how Christchurch is not they're not like guarded in any way. Yeah. Um, mm. Like for yeah. the wrong reasons, because there's a lot of like controversy that's surrounded that church, and you know people get accused of joining a cult for like yeah. going there and everything. And oh, so it's not a cult.
0: It's not. No, so we're specifying
2: that not right a cult. now. <laughs> um, and like my roommate specifically. Um, so one one of the pastors at Christ Church, um, Ben Merkel. He's also the president of my school. Um, he. Uh, he teaches the freshman a class called lordship where he goes through the proverbs and basically preaches through the proverbs and, you know, um, talks to us about it and everything. Um, and so after that class one day, my roommate, um, because my roommate was like, you know, trying to figure out what church you wanted to go to and, um, you know, had people back home tell her, Oh, you don't go to Christ church. Like, you know, boogeyman kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so she like went up to him we and weren't was told like,
0: there was no one who told, said that to <laughs> us.
2: No one. Um, <laughs> um, but she like went up to him and was like, you know, asking about these concerns that she had because she was like, if the church is actually like this, obviously I don't want to go. Um, and, you know, Dr. Merkel was like, oh yeah, I'd be happy to explain that. Like let's set up a meeting and talk about all of these things that happened and how the church handled it and everything. Um, And I was like super impressed by that. Just seeing like, you know, obviously they have nothing to hide because they're so openly willing to be like, no, this is like, we know that the way the church handled things that have happened in the past is the right way to handle it. Um, And I know Maria came out from that meeting very encouraged and like, oh yeah, they dealt with that the right way. Um, And... um, And I know one of the factors in um, at least me being um, more down to go to Christ church on a regular basis and become members was that I knew we needed to get premarital counseling. And I was like, Oh yeah, I for sure trust their pastors and elders with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially since they've got the center for biblical counseling right there in their offices. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, and no. I, I think that's that's one of the things that I've really appreciated about them is yeah, like just they're they're v- not going off of what you just said there. They're not guarded in that way, right? They're not mm-hmm. defensive about anything, any controversy that might happen in their church. They're just like or you know, surrounding their church. They they are just like, hey, you know, we're gonna try to be as b- b- biblical as possible, and this is how we handled it, and that's the way it is, and we're not gonna get into a huge debate yeah. about it. Um, but also, they're not guarded in the sense that they are so welcoming. Um yes. just everyone from Christchurch mm-hmm. we've met has been so nice and so very like outgoing and proactive and like noticing oh you're new and I've seen you a couple times. We need to go talk to you. Like well,
2: well, we'll have have to after to syrup, yes, the rumors after service after service yesterday. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, right. Just we like
2: introduced mm-hmm. themselves to us. That was cool.
0: Yeah, we've had have several had we've had several couples do that. Um and uh well, they,
1: but the congregation has to act like that to combat all the rumors
0: right of course yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean i haven't met a person from christ church that i haven't liked yet yeah so um just wait till I
1: mean, just wait till i go there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's fair i'll hate you um, um
2: and we are both in the process of becoming members I, yeah, I guess I technically am a member already. It just, it hasn't been announced in front of the congregation yet. So that's happening next Sunday.
1: They haven't emailed me back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just
1: just so no, it's clear to our audience, I'm not going to their church, but just to, No, I know. A... Yeah. <laughs> yet. Um, To kind of, to kind of, to kind of poke the bear and uh, uh, yeah. not necessarily play devil's advocate, but poke the bear for more clarification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, so has is, is Christchurch a part of other um, Federal Vision churches in the sense that the Federal Vision um, denomination as the bad Federal Vision denomination of the people who are legitimately like baptism saves, uh, it is a work salvation, but the Federal Vision churches that will admit those things? Has there been clarification on that if they are associated with those types of churches or affirmed? those types of churches at all
0: um no i no, don't. don't and and I, there's not really there is also not a denomination yeah. for like federal vision churches no. either no, there aren't. so
1: but but churches that associate themselves with federal vision theology yeah, obviously i am i don't think christ church would say that they associate themselves with federal vision theology i yeah. think they have specifically tried to distance themselves from that yes, label they have. because of that yeah. so
0: um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know of anyone off the top of my head that they regularly associate with that is legitimately Federal Vision. Um, I know that they, that Doug I Wilson... I don't know
2: of anyone that's legitimately Federal Vision. <laughs> so there are people, but I don't honestly, know who they are. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, honestly, fair. Um, Like, yeah, any of the people that I, like, specifically know about in terms of, like, people I've heard teach and stuff, Um, they have... Very accurately and succinctly explained the gospel and denied federal vision theology. Yeah. Um,
1: by their explanation so, of the of by th- what they say the gospel is, they're exactly specifically yeah. denying that that is what yes. they
0: believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've seen that just in the way that they preach too. Like I I, I have in no way ever seen them. They they are consistently <laughs> gospel focused in mm-hmm. in all the right ways. Um, and I think I, honestly for me, I feel like a lot of the like the big like um the big issue in reformed churches right now that is this is the, at the center of it and this is the reason why this is such a big deal to people is there's a, a growing m- number of people in reformed communities that are pushing towards antinomianism and they are kind of denying the third use of the law that it's good for Christians to follow the law but rather like or that you know that it's like an actual like guideline for us as believers to follow God's law, and they're more like no, but grace, and we we don't have to follow the law. We should follow Jesus' teachings, but like the law is a mosaic thing. And I I honestly think that's where the real issue comes in is that um, people who are considered federal vision um, and who are in this sort of community take the law very seriously, yeah. um, and. They so they're lean, looked at as extremists <laughs> they're looked at as extremists and that they're denying the gospel or grace because they they see how the scriptures like say give the take the proverbs for example they see how in the proverbs it legitimately says like hey do this and you will prosper do this and like your life will be good. And it doesn't mean that you'll like get rich or whatever, but it's it's saying like, yeah, be a good person, actually follow God's commandments and it will go well with you, right? And that's not something we have to shy away from as Christians, like to talk about the law in that way, right? Um, and I, 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 I'm I not saying that everyone necessarily is that way, right? But like, I think that's where the divide actually comes in is there are people who are s- scared of the extremes that you can get to, by like being serious about God's law and there are, obviously are like legitimate things that you can like legalism and whatnot. Right. Yeah. But, um, there, there's a growing group of people, especially on Twitter, um, that are like very hostile to theonomy and post and anyone who basically takes the law of God seriously and wants to apply it to our, our lives in a biblical and like wise fashion um and uh i think that's where a lot of the just like the the core issue in reformdom right now is springing from um but uh
1: anyway. and it's interesting you you um you see that a lot around um Reformed churches and and um just everywhere because, okay let's 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 put it this way so a lot of the people that we talked with growing up in, in our old church, it, it was very much antinomianism, not necessarily in the sense that they would say, you don't have to obey God's law. They wouldn't use that language. Yeah. They would say, well, that's your interpretation. Exactly. Or, well, yeah. maybe you're being a little bit too serious with it or uh-huh. a little too strict with it. And they would see more scripture as more of a guideline than a rule. More like guidelines. Uh, like, like, like uh, yeah. like of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean, yeah. And uh, I, would, I would think that's, that is one form and probably, probably maybe the larger form of, of evangelicalism as a whole in America yes. yeah. is, well, you believe the Bible, I just like it. And they would never say that, but, yeah. but that's, that's essentially yeah. how they believe and, and how they practice because of the way that they're saying those yeah. things. And um, because of what they practice as a church and what they practice in their personal lives, um, what they say they believe because when yeah. confronted with sin, um, well, this is what the Bible says. You shouldn't be doing this. Usually their response is, well, you just have a more pure version of Christianity than we do. And, uh, uh that, that is the biggest compliment you could possibly <laughs> give me. So I'm yeah. totally okay with that. Um, I've, I've gotten that before. And so, uh, <laughs> That I would say that's modern evangelicalism as a whole, but with reformed churches, I would say the modern uh, or the the majority of churches that are reformed are are what's interesting is it is a lot of just biases more than anything, and I think yep. I think for reformed churches they they haven't been confronted with the inconsistencies just because that's how they've grown up. That's how that's how they kind of that's how the previous generations have taught them to think. yeah, and so they haven't had the opportunity to explore these new realms and hear it from somebody um, who is coming at it from a strictly biblical worldview um, and uh, a, a biblical worldview that is saying, hey if if you believe a different way, that's okay uh, as long as as long as we're staying true to what the Bible says as long yeah. as as long as you can tell me, that the Bible backs you, and I said the Bible backs me. Like we can, we can, we can, a uh, quote unquote, agree to disagree at that point, because mm-hmm. we both, you know, are are looking at Scripture and are being consistent with our exegesis, are not isogeating the text. There's nothing concerning we're doing with the text, but we, but we definitely do see it differently. Um, but um, what's interesting, and, and uh, I think what's primarily concerning for us with the Reformed um, churches. Is um, that when the worldview is questioned, when the biases are questioned, it's, it's very easy to say to, to lean back on your biases instead of going to the world, the biblical worldview, instead of going to God's word and looking to see, okay, what, what is the truth? A lot of times in our reformed churches, we become Catholics in the sense that, well, this is what my tradition says.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is how my
1: church has has taught me. This is how my church has run before. So I I, I, agree with you.
0: And I see a lot of people doing that in this, related to this issue, related to like Federal Vision and Mm -hmm. the Christ Church and CREC, that sort of community. I see a lot of people doing that. um, And by by basically um, appealing to the confessions, right so like the Westminster mm-hmm. um the mm-hmm. Westminster specifically because of you know Presbyterians and stuff yeah. right and they'll be like this is the state like you're not Presbyterian this is a perversion or whatever and yeah. and when like Doug Wilson specifically has like done entire commentaries through the entire Westminster and shown that the interpretation of like taking the law more seriously and you know um maybe not full theonomy because I don't I don't think Doug considers himself a theonomist um necessarily but oh, really? uh no, yeah he's they're a little bit more not um not fully they're they're definitely more on that side of things but yeah. you, you almost not yet uh, yeah yeah <laughs> of course um but like when it says for example like um you know the the uh well, basically just like taking taking the bible seriously and interpreting the westminster as the like in their historical context it was based on originally which was a very puritan context which was very theonomist very right like all of the like foundational stuff that the american christianity believed this reformed tradition that we come from agrees with doug wilson agrees with theonomists right agrees with post-millennialists um and it's only because it's only now that we're you know, that people are saying like, no, 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 like this is the historic tradition. I'm appealing to the confession and they they misunderstand or ignore the, co- the cultural context in which those confessions were actually made. The reformers had a very different view of the world than modern evangelicals do. Mm. And so <laughs> when you're viewing the confession through a modern evangelical lens, you're going to come up with stuff like, you know, immediately seeing any talk about the law being, you know, means by which a Christian becomes more sanctified and, and all those sorts of things. Right. As like, Oh, oh no, no. Like we got to focus on grace. we got to focus on love. We can't be legalists instead right. of taking the Bible seriously and saying, yes, of course we are saved by faith uh, and, and uh, the good works of Christ alone. But guess what? Those good works are imputed to us. We now have the righteousness of Christ which en- and and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, which enables us to do good works and and um, to live out that Christ-likeness that we're supposed to display to the world. And that's a legitimate and serious thing that we need to be displaying as Christians, um, and we will if we are Christians. Um, and, and there's there's stuff like that that I think people just um, misinterpret or um, paint Doug Wilson and, and Christchurch as having like perverted views on that, rather than just taking the Bible seriously when it talks about the law. Uh, people like me. <laughs>
1: no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can see that you you guys wanted to laugh, but it hit too hard, too close to home.
0: <laughs> yeah, my yeah. my one of my worst fears is that everyone that I love uh, will slowly f- come to see see me as a person who joined a cult. Um, well
1: i on the other side of that uh there there is a genuine concern for you know i i should say not my concern but a a, yeah a genuine place for concern of well what if what if they go and then over the course of time their beliefs slowly adjust and they don't realize that they if they've kind of abandoned what they previously believed and now it's different Mm -hmm. um which yeah. which is not a genuine concern of mine, like a legitimate concern of mine. Yeah. It's like a nightmare in the night kind of fear. Oh yes. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. something my subconscious could create. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So there is there is some legitimacy to it.
0: Oh no, yeah, certainly. And and but like from from my from our experience with Christchurch so far, this is kind of, you know, just to wrap all this up. Um I have s- had nothing but just a confirmation of what I already believed and mm-hmm. saw from from scripture right just taking the bible very seriously um and preaching from the text <laughs> and and there's a lots of stuff where i i like disagree with slight variations on what i think someone's saying specifically in like because i'm surrounded by like blogs and podcasts and whatnot mm-hmm. that i'm editing and whatnot right uh and audiobooks and stuff and there's been stuff where i'm like eh, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with the specific slant of that and i'm pretty sure i never will um mm-hmm. and and you know there hasn't been any sort of push or shift in my mind uh towards anything just a, a, conf- a confirmation of yeah like this is what yeah. i believe these and I people know believe what true. i believe yeah. yeah these people believe what i believe and even where we differ we still understand that I mean, it's the same thing i think with you and um and uh river hills right it's like any of yeah. the stuff that the is different it's just like
1: different beliefs
2: yeah. They're still yeah, it's going like ha- to scripture to find. They're still going
0: evidence. to scripture, and I'm like, okay, yes, that makes sense to me. I can see where you can get an interpretation. I still disagree, but you're taking the Bible seriously. Yeah, um, yeah. And for one us, it's I, really been pretty minor stuff. So,
2: yeah. One thing specifically, um, we talked about the confession of sin um, thing that we do in service, and yeah. one thing that specifically makes me thankful for that is the fact that we do communion every week. Um, yeah, and. So I never have to like, you know, before communion, be frantically like, oh, is there anything I haven't confessed? Like, should I be confessing something right now that I'm like unrepentant of? Um, because there was literally a portion in service dedicated to that earlier on. Um, and so, yeah, there's never like a, they're not relying on the congregation to do that themselves. They're guiding the congregation through how to properly do communion. Right. Um, and they do it every week, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've never been a part of a church that did that. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Now I've gotten used to it to the point where I'm like, Oh yes. After the sermon, we do communion and then yeah. service yeah. is over. Like, so yeah. One of the, one of the thing?
0: elders described that process as like, would, you know, every week our whole service is leading up to a, a family meal, right? A communal mm-hmm. meal together. Yeah. Right. That's what we're leading up to. And we, so we worship together and then we all feast together. Um, yeah, so. and
1: yeah, that's something that even uh, I would say probably one of the main reasons that uh, Matt and Megan like to um, have a picnic afterwards. Yeah, um, is because uh, we we would all say you know you do communion every week, and mm-hmm. you know that's it's kind of weird that you don't, because we do it every month and it's hmm. kind of like hmm. i wonder why you know what i mean like i wonder i wonder what got brought us to this point like when did we stop doing this every week as as mm-hmm. history because yeah. it seems like you would just do it every week um,
0: and, and and the reason that that i think it it shifted is because we stopped viewing um every week what well, we started viewing it as every week instead of every time you get together right when you get together as christians you take a meal together you do communion together because that's right, what yeah. they did like right. every time no right. matter what they were doing when they gathered together as believers they did it right um and then we i mean we regularly met on sunday but no. then it became like every week on sunday we do communion and then from there I was like well it does it's just a special thing yeah. you know we do on special occasions instead of whenever you gather together do this
1: to- yeah, Toby Sumter would say, would probably say, no, it's it's, it's because we stopped baptizing our babies. <laughs> yeah, I think of
2: people sure. often <laughs> look at it as like, a, oh, if we do it all the time, it'll become trivial and then it'll lose its significance. But I feel like mm-hmm. not doing it all the time makes right. it more trivial because then yep, when yeah, you do, do it, you kind of forget like
1: you're like exactly yeah
2: why it is so important um. if,
1: if, if it's truly if communion is truly to remember christ and to make sure that you're unified in the body and that you have repented of your sin before you come to this table to be unified month to
0: do that exactly. yeah it's, it's
1: well i'll wait until communion before i repent it's you know, obviously, yeah. a Christian should never have that mindset, but you're yeah, encouraging no. Christians to have that mindset. Yes, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to remind you to repent. We're not going to give confront you with your sin in a in a general way until uh, it's the end of the month where we'll we'll make sure come to this table with uh, and repent of your sin. you know, make sure you've yeah. confessed your sin before God,
0: and that's um, that's unfortunately just a very Baptist thing. Yeah. Um, that is that is what ba- Baptist, you know, evangelicalism has created, <laughs> is this kind of lax view of all liturgy, including communion, where where and and I think it's where it really where it, where it is is that liturgy became special special occasion thing just yeah. in general.
1: Well, it um, also I think it also is a part of especially the Reformed movement now. It's it's a um, it's a it, they're trying to break away from Catholicism still. They're still trying to differentiate themselves from Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, communion is too Catholic for Christians yep. a lot of times. Yep. And doing it every week is 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 very too Catholic for and, Christians. And,
0: and honestly I think that, that comes back to still antinomianism, right? It's yeah. people who don't want to yeah. who who think that tradition and regular liturgy and stuff like that's like religious is is bad it, it keeps you away from jesus right you you want to be real and authentic with jesus well i don't know what's more real and authentic than i don't know gene doing what jesus said to do yeah. so you
1: love me you will be my commandments exactly john 14 15
0: yeah that's probably the most authentic we can get <laughs> Just loving god by doing what he said to do
1: so. and it's and it's interesting too because um especially out of the clinic you you feel like you have to talk about those types of things, uh, well, well, yeah. With the
0: Catholics, you talking about?
1: No, not necessarily with the Catholics. Um, just kind of kind of backing up maybe a little bit. Um, oh but,
0: well, you, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Yeah, well, just uh, yeah. to,
1: to see both sides of of the of the spectrum of either antinomianism or um, a specific the, the
0: extreme from- of that would be neonomianism um the, the the other extreme um, oh okay yeah
2: okay so those yeah are the so two,
0: those are the two sides obviously either extreme is bad right but we want to lean more towards neo-nomianism than anti-nomianism.
1: okay all right i see what you're saying and antinomianism would be you know no law neonomianism no law would be legalist
0: right? would be legalism yeah all
1: right exactly. so so to define those would be, terms would be for
0: would like the law saves right?
1: right so the law saves okay so yeah. so I, I'll, I'll define it in terms of trying to keep away from Catholicism or legalism um, or, you know, no law or grace for the sake of, because if I don't, if I don't make the differentiation, I'm not going to, not going to keep the correct categories in my head, especially for the audience. Um, so, so kind of backing up from that, um, man, now that we've established our categories, I feel like I forgot what I was trying to say. Um, but, but.
0: Uh, people at the clinic.
1: Yeah. So for the people at the clinic, um, it's super interesting because when you, when you go and when you, when you, when you preach, um, when I'm using the, the speaker to actually preach for like an hour, um, you, you start thinking through, okay, what do I want to say to these women? What do I want to say that, that they'll hear that, that even, if, even if they're going to continue on and they're going to murder their baby in, inside these walls while I'm preaching, what do I want them to know? What do I want to challenge them with, even if they're going to continue to do that? Um, and obviously, putting, putting aside, we'll adopt your baby, uh, you know, all those types of things of what we'll offer them. Um, what I like to do is I like to, when I go to the gospel, I like to bring both sides of those things and confront both sides of the anti-gospels, you know, so that people understand, okay, this is a lie, this is a lie. This is the gospel, and I feel like you have to, in today's day and age in America, in order to actually get people to understand the gospel, you have to talk about neo ne- right? neo-antinomianism, or neo uh,
0: Antinomianism is like all, all grace, no law. Right. No, neo is
1: neo That's how you'd say it.
0: Neo-nomianism. neonomianism, neonomianism.
1: Yeah. So yep. between neo and antinomianism, um, you have you have to clarify for people that both of those are lies because if you start talking and, and using things like the gospel and using the biblical language you can't trust that they haven't already distorted that definition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by going to a church where you know they're talking about those things so um and and teaching them incorrect things so what i like to do is i like to bring them to john fourteen fifteen. you know if you think you're a christian and you're inside you're wrong if you think god were is going to just forgive you um because you said you're a christian or you pray to prayer or you go to church or anything like that you're wrong the bible knows of no such god but on the other side of that we want them to know that if they are trying to keep the law in order to get saved that they're equally unsaved <laughs> as <laughs> as if they're just going to church and and you know inviting Jesus into your heart, you know, well, God, God is going to forgive me because, uh, you know, the preacher at the church I go to once a month, you know, he says, God loves everybody unconditionally. And and you have to make that distinction for people that both of these are, are lies.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
1: gospel is the truth that Jesus Christ saves apart from works. And yet after you are saved, you will produce works and if you if you think that you're a christian and you have no idea what the law of god is and you and you hate the law of god obviously if you're here to murder a baby you hate the law of god you're demonstrating it by committing murder but if you hate those things um you're, you're not a christian so yeah so and i think i think that kind of sums up or not sums up i think as just further evidence of the culture that we have today um, as, as churches makes it that we have to clarify with the unbelievers, the, the two false gospels that they, if they say they're a Christian or they have some sort of church background, they probably think you're talking about one of those two things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and you have to make sure that they know the actual gospel. and It's frustrating. And it makes me so mad, you know, uh, like, like the post that we were talking about the other day, um, of uh, somebody who was just saying, you know, God loves you, or God loves everybody the same way, and was, and was trying to have discussion about it. Um, you can't make posts like that in yeah. today's day and age, because you're going to actually teach people that that's the truth, because that's what a lot of people already believe. Um, and that's the reason why we go out to abortion clinics and we try to tell people not to murder their baby because God hates the hands that shed innocent blood, Proverbs chapter six. And they look at us and say, "God will forgive me. He's really nice." Yeah. Uh, you know, no, it's okay. Doesn't your God love everybody? <laughs> well, that's what people have told you, and un- unwittingly, whether whether wittingly or unwittingly, that's what they've taught you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, why in the world is does God does God have a problem with abortion? Doesn't He love everybody? <laughs> that's the, that's the culture and mindset we've created with people. So I think it's very important as we're kind of discussing these things. And, and since we brought that up, obviously we're trying to talk about churches and stuff like that, but yeah, um, just in this general culture of, of churches, we need to break away from those two things and be uh, and step away from our biases, but be unafraid to step away from our biases um, to, to say the controversial truths and possibly get labeled as a cult. Um, because we're saying things that are yeah. so against even reformed Christianity. Yep. But the problem is, is even even among great, great Christian reformed churches, I would point to something like Grace Community Church in um, uh, California with John MacArthur. Right. You know, they were very anti-theonomist until the government mm-hmm. told them to shut their church down indefinitely. Yeah. And then they had to say, okay, now we've got a problem because either we obey the government or we obey God. And that's exactly the two categories that we, we were, you know, people have been trying to get, trying to get John to MacArthur you know. and Grace Moody Church to believe in those categories. You have, you do one or the other.
0: Yeah. You know? um, and, and basically it's like they, they took their, their line in the sand with that was way too far back. Right. Right. And when they well, actually finally got to the point where they did realize um, it's like, you, you could have saved a lot of pain and heartache if you had just like right away seen this delineation. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So just as a closing thought there, then, you know, cool. if, if uh, you know, kind of, kind of as a preface for future episodes to, you know, um, as a challenge for listeners, question your biases. Um Yes. We have, I I post lots of controversial things all the time on Facebook. (laughs) And, and for me, for me, it's not controversial. It's just true. And then, you know, people will attack me for it because they're so worried about people being offended by the truth. Christians, we can't think like that. We can't Mm -hmm. think in terms of will this offend people because offending people is not sinful. Um, And I think, I think more than anything, you know, we, we're, we're always trying to overcorrect you know, especially in reformed churches, there are people that were cage stage that cared so much about the gospel and uh, Calvinism and soteriology that they drove people away um, from them. And they created um, in their in their own heads by their by the fact that they drove people away, by by the mistakes that they made back then, then they overcorrect because of those bad memories and those bad experiences yeah. and they say well, we have to be nice mm-hmm. The 11th commandment is thou shalt be nice even even well-meaning Calvinists will sometimes come back around and say you know if if people were angry at you you need to repent <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> you know and, that's, and i mean i'm like and, and and that is like i'm sorry that is a such a bad standard to have because yeah. you've you've just villainized most of the people in the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you villainized Jesus. Right? for sure. you
0: villainized Jesus. yeah, yeah. And, and that is such a problem. And, and I know that people understand that there is a category like where Jesus tells you know talks to the Pharisees or whatever. but they they really like to to think that that category is reserved for people who aren't nice. You can be mean to people who aren't nice. That's the only category it's acceptable to be mean to. Right. Everyone else, you have to be the nicest person ever. And if they get angry at you, like you did something that's wrong, it. yeah, right.
1: And but but on the other side of that too, then we have people that overcorrect from um, bad theology or whatever, and then they become so zealous for good theology that they are jerks. And yes. And so we have these overcorrections all the time, and then people will people will get held down by the guilt of their past sin for having handled things in that way, but they aren't, um, they aren't balancing themselves on the proverbial horse because you can fall off both ways. Um, And so challenge your biases. Don't, don't assume that because the pastor told you something that it's true. And this is what our dad taught us our entire lives. You know Um, just because I tell you something doesn't mean it's true go to the Bible, make sure that the Bible lines up with what I'm saying because scripture is the authority and not me. So make sure that you're always going back to to that truth. And uh, don't be afraid to question the most minute details (laughs) or the most assumed things. Because I'd say one of the most assumed things in our modern evangelicalism is that God loves everybody unconditionally or God Mm -hmm. loves everybody the same. And that's the biggest baloney lie Ever about uh, about God, and it is causing so much confusion about theology. So much confusion um, with people who think that they're saved um, because they've never actually repented. They just think that God loves them, and that's their form of Christianity. Their form of Christianity is no repentance. God loves me, and they walk around saying things like, saying Christian things, but you. But they've never been confronted with their sin, and so they'll go to a church, and everybody will assume that they're saved. And yet their theology is, God loves me unconditionally, and God loved me unconditionally from birth. Yeah, and we never question those things.
0: And it's just like, okay, um, what 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 does it say about uh, evildoers? Oh, yeah, that God hates them. What yeah. does it say about believers that God loves them? You know, and there, there's verses that talk about the specific love that God has for believers. So there's obviously some sort of condition somewhere that delineates this, right. but we don't like to have those categories because no. it it's mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, uh, like like Jeff Durbin would say, when when your theology, you know, um, ends up villainizing Jesus, then
0: you need to take a hard look at what your theology is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, and, and that's the thing is, you know, most people would, uh, would say if, if, if you're, if, if, uh, if people don't like you, then you should question your theology. That, that's, that's what I think most people would believe. Yep. Um, and I, I know that's what most people would, would have said to us growing up, you Mm -hmm. know? And they did. And they did. (laughs) did. It's trying to be vague, but they did. And, um, (laughs) You know, if, if, if people don't like you, you need to question your theology. Um, you need to talk to people who are older and wiser than you. And they will they will reform you to love people better.
0: They'll help you be nice.
1: They'll, they'll help you be nice. Um, and we confuse the word love and nice. Yep. But, but what we need to understand is the Bible gets to decide what love is. The Bible yep. gets to decide yep. what niceness is. And yep. um, according to the definition that we have established in modern evangelicalism, Jesus is neither nice nor loving, and um, so it's a big problem.
0: <laughs> so either Jesus is a villain and he sinned, or, or we need
1: you're to the villain, or and you you're need to the repent. villain and you need to <laughs> repent because <laughs> the
0: Bible is defining love differently than you are. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. A lot of that, I think, has to do with people thinking that it's inconsistent with God's character to hate. Yeah, right. Um. In theology class right now, we've been going through, you know, God's, um, perfections or in other words, his attributes. Um, and just specifically, you know, there's the impassibility of God, which is related to his immutability, which means that he doesn't have passions. Um, and at first learning that Dr. Harmon, my teacher was like, now I know this sounds kind of weird, but actually it makes sense. Um, because God doesn't have moments in time where he like gets angry. Um, but, but it is consistent with his character for him to hate sin and unrighteousness. And that is synonymous with the part of him that is love because, you know, he's not, that's another one of his attributes is he's, he's not composite of parts. He's, um, you know, he's simple in a sense, like human beings, we're made up of different parts. Um, and so we tend to think of God in different parts where we separate his love and his righteousness. Um, but they're not two different things. They are expressions of God's general character that we experience in different ways. Um, but that's how God relates to us because that's how we can understand it.
0: I think we have um, we have multiple places in the Bible where God's attributes are described as compound attributes, where like His yeah. loving kindness, for example,
2: exactly, yeah, right? like, yeah.
0: And and then we have the fruit of the Spirit, which actually in the original Greek is basically one fruit that mm-hmm. is all of these things, right? It's not you have the fruit of the sp- Spirit and I have the fruit of, or, or I have the fruit of uh, patience and you have the fruit of love and I have the fruit yeah. of joy and you have the fruit. No, if you are a Christian, you have all the fruit because it's one mm-hmm. fruit. And it's all the same thing. It's one mega attribute that encompasses all the characteristics of a Christian acting Christ-like.
1: That makes a lot more sense. Putting it in those categories. I've never, I've never made that connection before with both of those things. That makes Mm -hmm. a lot more sense because people would always get confused, especially on the verbiage of fruit or fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so if it's in the Greek that that is, it's one fruit that, that explains a lot of different things. Whereas, um, a lot of a lot of reformed christians will have to separate love and hate and say well it's both and both things are true god loves and hates the sinner mm-hmm. um and that makes sense because he is both of those things but it makes more sense if you put it in the cat- the category of uh he is is not both of those things those those things are the same thing to god god is expressing himself from Himself. And we identify, uh, certain actions, I guess you could say from what he has done as two different things, but it's God who's unchanging. So we identify his expression in different categories, but it's still just God
2: mm-hmm. His mm-hmm.
1: godliness. And, and that makes a lot yeah. more sense. Well, I didn't expect us to not have rabbit trails, but I should be going.
0: <laughs> yeah, this has been a lot of rabbit trails for yeah. sure. But it was good. It was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was our uh, new church experience podcast yeah. episode. I'm sure we'll talk about this kind of general topic of, you know, churches and um, leaving church, oh, what, churches. What, one more stuff. thing that,
1: that yeah. was really mm-hmm. cool about uh, us going to a new church and that you'll appreciate Kayla. Cause, cause from, from our church experience um, we, we, they do, they have meetings like congregational meetings where they vote on stuff. Yeah. And uh, the very first meeting we, we were at um, was about the, uh, a, a, a very like conflict, lots of conflict and uh, you know, they're, People were saying, this is sin, this isn't sin, this person isn't sin, well, we don't think he's in sin, you know, we should just give him grace, no, we need to confront the sin. It was all that stuff in, like, one meeting,
2: um, Mm -hmm.
1: and it was just this huge conflict, and uh, all the people that had uh, uh, come from the church we grew up in were all like, "Um, (laughs) this is great, (laughs) because Because we were like, not only is this is this a meeting where everybody cares about the result of it. Everybody, everybody's mm-hmm. here and, and everybody's talking. Everybody, everybody's like, what's the truth? You know, what does the Bible say? This is what I think. This is what I think. You know, we're calling this sin. You know, is this sin? Is this not sin? You know, all this stuff. Um, and we we walked away from that being like, that was awesome. That was that was great. And um, um, we just had a conversation with that family yesterday and and. They were like, that's so funny, because we, you know, uh, you know, we're there and we're like, oh, this is like this is like the worst meeting we've ever had. Usually <laughs> they're so boring, and like usually we're just like can't decide on whether or not we should spend the money on this or that and <laughs> yeah and and whatever. And and we were like, this was such a great picture of like this, this is church. You know, yeah. we're dealing with conflict. We're yeah. we're, you know, we if somebody thinks somebody sinned we're, we're going to deal with that and mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to get to the bottom of it and we're going to have record true, proper godly conflict within res, a uh, resolution and reconciliation afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. it was an incredible experience and it was, uh, you know, it was high tension, but it was, it was awesome. It really mm-hmm. was. So, uh, just kind of close up that with that little experience. I forgot to say that as well.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, there you we go. Um, this has been the Christian Artist. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore Art underscore Show, at Facebook at Facebook dot com slash Christian Artist Show, or at our website at Christian Show dot com. You can also check out my website CalebMPowers.com. dot uh, com. There's also the Patreon if you want to help support the podcast or the other various podcasts that I do. Uh, Patreon dot com slash Caleb M Powers. Uh, we got disagree with me tomorrow. Uh, we're recording a new episode. Angel and I uh talking with a gal about Black Lives Matter. Um so that'll be good. And uh and then we'll release that on Wednesday, I believe, is the plan. Uh also, fun new announcement. Um to well we got two new podcasts coming up uh in the Caleb Powers network of <laughs> podcasts. Uh sorry, Caleb M Powers network of stay podcasts got to stay on brand, yeah. Uh we got um Carly's new podcast 2000 generations uh which is uh, tentatively coming out sometime as soon as yeah, we Yeah. We're going to the... try to
2: record a first episode again on Friday. So Uh
0: and then yeah, first episode did not really work um but uh remind me when I go over there Thursday probably to pick up my cues. Maybe I'll look at, or maybe wins. I don't know. Sometime this week before Friday, let's Mm -hmm. take a look at your recording stuff again and make sure that's all going to be good. Um, But then also, a new podcast, recording a first episode on Saturday called Idle Inspiration, the show about discovering our next favorite role-playing game or building it. That's going to be the slogan. Um, Me and David Luden's finally starting this podcast (laughs) we've been wanting to start for literal years we're gonna talk about role playing games and it's gonna be awesome. Uh had a kind of like preliminary like meeting about it uh last Saturday and uh it was so much fun to talk about to, to basically make a bunch of lists of episodes to talk about. Uh Connor, I think it would be really fun if we had you on sometime to maybe talk about like Savage Tide or something.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um,
0: right to like talk about old RPG experiences. Yeah, um, old,
1: all the old stories, but then also like the evolvement from that series of how yes. at first yes. we just wanted to kill stuff and get money. And I said I set up a quite literally a business before we like started the second adventure. <laughs> um, yeah. and it was uh, so pointless and weird, but that was but that but that eventually once we got older and finally finished the series, it was it was a complete story, and we included yeah. th- those things that were stupid that we did as a part of the story, yeah. ultimately having purpose and meaning.
0: yeah so uh and i just realized that right now that i definitely want to have you on to talk about savage tide specifically um and that whole thing we we also are planning on doing an episode on the mistborn adventure game um, oh, okay yeah and talking about like not only reviewing the game but like talking about th- <laughs> that that is sucks. our like yes um but talking about like our experience w- how we moved from D D to other role-playing games okay, through yeah. the mistborn adventure game like that was our right. s- our real like second game that we tried Um, and it would be, I think it would be really, really fun to talk about that with you as well. And, and be like, you know, talk about our, our, the way that Mistborn Adventure game, like told us different things about what a role-playing game was just because it was a little bit more narrative. Um, and then how we realized, yes, this actually, actually also sucks and we should do a different role-playing (laughs) games. (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) Um, but yeah,
1: I think we went straight from there to Burning Wheel.
0: We know we did Fate.
1: Oh, we did Fate. And then we did Burning Wheel from there.
0: We we had a fate yeah. stage where that's what we played for a while, and then we, we, we went
1: from out. the most simple RPG ever to the most complicated <laughs> RPG ever. We, that's we, not Talk true. about overcorrection. correction.
0: We didn't play riffs.
1: Yeah.
0: Or the well, no, we did play the hero system before the burning wheel. Actually, oh, that was <laughs> that's the most complicated RPG ever. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, yes, I forgot about the hero system. We need to talk about that one, too. that would be a fun episode to do. Uh, anyway, yes. So, the Jared um, is luck dice. I know, yeah. But yes, I think it would be really fun to to get a bunch of uh, uh, of the rest of the casts uh, various yeah. role playing game stuff we do to on various episodes to talk about topics. Um, that'd be fun.
1: I'm sure, like voices and uh, personalities from the GM and characters would be an entire episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to talk about with that. Yes, It'd be fun. Yeah, Black Lives Matter though. That'll be fun. That'll, uh-huh. that'll uh, Maybe get, maybe get hostile. Mm-hmm. Probably get hostile. Should be, should be good. It'll, it'll is it? Is, is uh, I'm, uh, pardon me for all the Black Lives Matter lovers out there, but is um, what is the ethnicity of of the the gal? that is I think on? she's white. Okay. Yeah.
0: Sorry, Caucasian.
1: Yeah, I was about to say. Uh,
2: what? No, it's, actually, it's, actually, <laughs> it's actually
0: fine to say white. You just can't say black. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Black Lives Matter is
2: fine. people of
0: color,
1: yeah, minority groups, yeah. So, some you you offended somebody in in with each thing you said. With some, somebody said, yeah. thought that was racist. <laughs> somebody thought each thing we just said was racist. Not everybody, but but there there was at least one person that thought each <laughs> each way you phrased that was some form of racism.
0: Yep, yep, it's true. All right, well this is this is a podcast we're done adios